Welcome to Get Paid for Your Pad, the number one podcast for Airbnb hosts and short-term rental professionals. You're listening to an episode of The Host Show. I am your host, Jasper Rivers, and we release a new episode of this show every single Monday. And in these episodes, I interview Airbnb hosts from all around the world to share their stories and provide tips and tricks on how to get started and be successful as an Airbnb host. Now, this episode is brought to you by Legends X, our 90-day short-term rental accelerator program that's designed to help you skill your hosting business by getting yourself out of the daily operations. So that frees up your time so you can become the CEO of your business instead of the manager and really focus on those higher level tasks that move the needle and allow you to grow. So for more information about Legends X and how to join, visit strlegends.com X. Now let's dive into today's episode. Enjoy the show. Get paid for your pet. Get paid for your pet. Get paid for your pet. Welcome everybody. Episode number 533 of Get Paid for Your Pad. We are almost at the end of 2022. Can you believe it? And Today was a great day, a perfect day to talk about the hospitality trends in the short-term rental industry in 2022. What have we noticed? What's changed? What are the trends? What's happening? And who better to invite than my friends from Hostfully, Mr. David Jacoby, who's been on the podcast many, many, many times. So I'm sure you all know he's the president, co-founder of Hostfully, which is our favorite property management software and also our favorite online guidebook. And we also have Mr. Fred Basili, who is the marketing manager at Hostly. So also, this is the first time that we're doing like a, a freeway podcast. I think three episodes in a row, or maybe two episodes. And I don't know. Anyway, a special moment. David, Fred, welcome. Hey, Jasper. Thanks for having us. Happy holidays. Happy New Year. That's right. Year, That's Jasper. right. Most importantly, congratulations on getting married, Jasper. That is wonderful news. Welcome to the club. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's been almost a month now and yeah, it's been it's been a great time so far. So, I'm I'm happy. All right. 500 plus episodes. Remember when we used to do a podcast together? The the news updates, those were the good old days. That's right. That's right. Yeah. That was a few years ago. We used to get together and do one every was it every week? Yeah, every week, every couple weeks, all the latest Airbnb and vacation rental news. That's no, right. Stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. No, it's always a pleasure to have you on, David and Fred as well. So I'm excited about this episode. You guys do a report. I think the whole industry knows by now this is the sixth time that you guys published a report with the where you interview you interview like hundreds of vacation rentals, short term rental companies from all around the world and and ask them a lot of questions. Well, let me let me pass it to you, David. When did you give some context on what, what the report is about. Yeah, you bet. I can't believe it's been six years now. We've come a long way. At first, we hostfully just did digital guidebooks. And over time, we've evolved to be a full-service property management software. And when we were just doing digital guidebooks, we were interested in data around guidebooks and guest communications and how property managers, you know, what their focus on hospitality is. And we didn't have that data. So we decided to make our own data and put a survey out there to get that 
information. So the original year's focus really around the kind of guidebook hospitality guest communication side. And over the years, as we've evolved, the survey has evolved as well. And we've added a lot of questions just about their tech stack and their business in general, where they get where their reservations are coming from, what their biggest challenges are, more kind of open level, open answer kind of questions. So there's two parts and Fred really does the heavy lifting. We, we have lots of just kind of ABC multiple choice questions, but we do a lot of open-ended questions as well to give room for the respondents to breathe and share what they want. And then it's our job to really categorize that and make meaning out of that. And how many, how many companies participated in this report? 375. This year. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot. Is that a record? It might be. And all sizes. We've and, and we've broken down the data that way. It'll be fun to talk about that. The answers from individual Airbnb hosts with just one property versus those with 100 plus properties. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's one of the most interesting things about this report is that you guys really focus on that, right? Where where it's like, hey, these are the these are the trends among the larger property managers, and this is this is what's happening with the smaller operators. So yeah, there's a lot of interesting stuff in this report. I had a sneak peek into it before we started recording this podcast. So I picked out a number of things that I think are really interesting. So yeah, you what, what do you think? Should we dive into the first point? Let's do it. Sweet. So the the first thing I want to touch on is the competition, right? Like I think everybody everybody's kind of aware that competition is increasing. Like supply has been growing very fast in the last couple of years, and so you know, eighty percent of vacation rental operators reported that there's more competition than the year before, which is a lot higher than the last couple of years. Like in 2019, it was like fifty seven percent. And 2021, there was a 61% who said there was more competition. So four out of five operators are reporting more competition. And so this raises the question of like, how do we stay competitive as a, as a short-term rental operator? Yeah, crazy numbers there. I remember a few years ago when 57% said there was more competition, we were talking about, wow, things are getting tough. And now that's that's the low number. Now 80% is saying there's more competition. What's good news about that, though, is they are also reporting that they are making more revenue as a whole from the previous year and from the year before that. So competition isn't isn't necessarily a bad thing. It makes me think of when Burger King started opening up restaurants, they they chose locations that were right near McDonald's. That's how they knew where to go. That's where the, the supply, the, the demand was. So you're seeing that as well here. A couple of years ago, there were huge swings with revenue. There were some property managers that were in you know rural driving distance locations that did great, but other ones that did really terribly, right? It was a real wide swing. And this year, you're starting to see things come back to normal a little bit where everyone is doing a little better. So there aren't huge losses. There aren't necessarily huge gains. Some are doing huge gains, but a lot are increasing revenue 10%, 20%, 30%. Yeah. Yeah. I guess you know, when you think about competition, well, first of all, this this is like the question is like, hey, do you see more competition? So it's also about the perception, right? It could also be true that some people they they might perceive that there's more competition. It doesn't necessarily mean that there is more competition. But secondly, 
if the supply increases by 10%, but demand increases by 20%, then yes, there's more competition. But because there's even more demand, like we could still see higher ADRs, right? Yeah, one thing about the report, in addition to the survey data that we collect, we also have this expert insights sections where we've asked different people to give some information. Jasper, you've been in it a lot. I don't. I think we missed you this year, so we'll have yeah. to fix that next year. But you, you participated a lot in that, so we appreciate that. And Key Data, Melanie Brown from Key Data had an interesting comment about the, the supply and demand. She said that Airbnb listings in the United States reached 1.22 million in October of 2022, which was a 15% increase over October of 2021. During 2021 and early 2022, demand outpaced supply and occupancy rates rose. Towards the middle of the year, supply began to outpace demand in many markets, leading to drops in occupancy rates. So that kind of goes hand in hand with what I said that People are seeing an increase in revenue, but it's not as crazy. It's starting to to level off and they're doing a little bit yeah. better. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've seen, you know, especially 2021, we've seen a pretty crazy increase in nightly rates, right? Is not it was at a at a pace that you couldn't really expect it to continue like that. Yeah. I think if you also look at some of the other findings in the report, you'll find an interesting trend that. A lot of people to grow this year added new properties to their portfolio. So, and especially true for like the larger operators that already have a portfolio and their company, like every other company, they want to grow year on year. So if everyone's adding properties to their portfolio, signing in new clients and whatnot, of course, it's going to drive more competition and, and everyone's going to feel that. So I think we're seeing like two variables, like kind of play with each other. Mm. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about the the growth of the portfolios of the operators. Are you seeing any trends there? Like are the big players getting bigger or you know, is everyone kind of expanding? Yeah. So for the first time, what we're seeing is people saying their growth strategy for next year is not to increase their portfolio, but rather rather to focus on optimizing that portfolio. So improving their pricing and just improving their general occupancy. So we'll see how that how that happens next year. We always ask everyone, what did you do last year to grow and what are you planning to do? And in the mm. past, it was always, I grew my portfolio and I'm planning to grow my portfolio. So it might be leveling out a little bit. But to that point, Jasper, yes, the, the big get bigger. So you're seeing a lot more portfolio growth from the larger property managers, which makes sense than the smaller property managers. Right. Well, it's also interesting because if 80% of operators see more competition than the year before, maybe that influences their growth strategy, right? Where they're thinking, oh, I'm seeing so much competition. I don't think it makes sense to add more portfolios. Let's just focus on what I have and see where I can optimize it. Yeah. And this is where we, we talk about it every year, but this is where adding new revenue streams can be really helpful for some operators. And we we you know recommend going through upsells. So upselling either perks or products or services to the guests while they're in the property. You know, the operator's done so much to attract that guest through the marketing channels, like either through the OTAs or through a direct booking strategy. So why not take advantage of when they're there to like upsell or make a commission on tours or something like that to, like you're saying, 
instead of maybe focusing on growth, on adding new properties, you're optimizing what you already have and kind of adding in revenue streams to your business. Talking about uh, additional revenue streams, that's an interesting topic because that's something that has been talked about a lot in recent years, but there's very few operators that I see that are actually successfully creating significant additional revenue streams outside of like the early check-in, the late checkout and the mid-stay cleaning. Those are kind of the the two that you see a lot. All right. Do you see do you see a lot of operators like going outside of those two? A little bit with with tours and activities. So we're seeing a lot of that. But one thing that's funny in, in general, big picture on this, this is one of those things where every year property managers have the best of intentions. They are saying that next year I'm going to focus on upselling. And then when we ask them, what did you do in the past year? None of them say they, they did upselling. So they, they want to, but it is hard, Jasper, to your point, it is hard for them to, to get going. We are seeing a little bit of an uptick in, in services out there to, to make it easier. So for example, hopefully we, we have a relationship with Viator now that makes it real easy to sell tours and activities and get an 8% commission. And you're seeing other providers also kind of integrating with these tour and activity larger providers to get deals and make it easy. So they're not necessarily doing the financial transaction themselves and finding the local tour guide but they're just kind of putting up the front and showing the information and, and being able to get a commission. So mm-hmm. there's more services like that. You're also seeing more software providers trying to kind of touch the customer, the end guest, like whether it's software providers that do pre-arrival check-in forms or other digital guidebook providers, or even, even software providers like Operto that you know does locks, they're reaching out to guests more and other smart key or cleaning providers like Breezeway, they're even sending messages to the the guests when it's time for them to be able to check in. So there's all these different software providers that are touching the guests and they're all trying to add ways of making upselling easier. So I think over time, you're going to start to see more of that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's even the company now called Minoan that allows you to sell like your furniture and you know, all sorts of items in your in your home too, right? So definitely, definitely a lot of like creativity and out of the box thinking in that space. Let's talk about the technology side. You know, every time I read the report, the number one pain point tends to be technology, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and we're a technology providers. So <laughs> good point, Jasper. But yeah, this year again, third year in a row. The number one challenge everyone faces is technology. It's like over a third of all answers, 37%. I think it's understandable. You know, it's it's still a fairly new industry, all the APIs coming out. And technology is just one of those things. It's, it's unique to every business. Everyone runs a bit differently and they need a different technology solution. So, and then making all those different pieces of software work together, it makes sense that it's a big challenge for the operators out there. It's interesting because, you know, like from my perspective, I I feel like cleaning and ma- managing cleaning and maintenance is what I would think is the biggest challenge. Is the technology really that difficult or is the average host just not very tech savvy? Well, it's a, it's a bit of a, I don't want to say loaded question, but like technology came in 
at 37%. The question, this is my favorite question, which is if you could wave a magic wand and make your job instantly easier, what would you do? My favorite answer, by the way, individual answer was have a TV remote work every time and always have batteries. Uh, <laughs> but outside of that, the technology was the big bucket at 37%, but that also means the majority of answers, right, were not technology. And there's a big range for that from cleaning and turnover management, which came in second to general operations or portfolio expansion or maintenance and repairs or, or regulations. So cleaning and turnover, that's always high up there. It's actually gone down though. There's two questions. What's your biggest pain point and what's gotten easier? So less people said it's their biggest pain point and more people in the separate question said that's gotten easier. And that makes sense because two years ago and, and a year ago, that was a huge issue that everyone was freaking out about, about having the place be clean and up to standards and you know all that COVID stuff. So I think that's kind of a little bit behind now and people have found solutions and there's also less stress and worry about that. So it's, it's still a big answer, but not as big of a deal as, as in the past. Also, on the flip side, what has gotten bigger has been staffing. So that was like 5% reported. That was an issue a couple of years ago. And that's gone up now to 10% of all respondents saying staffing is their number one issue. Technology is a big category. It accounts for a lot of answers. But there's also 12 other categories of responses people mentioned they would like fixed in their business if they could just wave a magic wand. So, yeah, there's a lot of answers that are related to that. But there's also like a many different things ranging from like marketing to regulations to like just getting more direct bookings, guest vetting, you name it. Like there's so many different things that are challenging for operators out there that, you know, we shouldn't just focus too much on the technology part. But diving into the technology side, just to answer that, some of the, the bigger areas specifically, while cleaning has gotten a little better. Pricing, that was a big response. Lots of people talked about that being, being a challenge and, and really wanting to focus on pricing. Additionally, accounting went up. That's a big deal. Was about 5% a year ago and 10% this year. And interestingly, accounting is a much bigger issue for those who have a property management software than those who don't. Usually it's the other way around. If you have a property management software, you have less technology issues and things are, things are moving better. But with accounting specifically, that was a, a pain point. And that brings up the question of causation versus correlation, right? So property management softwares, do they have bad accounting systems and that's why it's a problem? Or is it just that bigger property managers are more likely to use a property management software and also they have more accounting issues in general. One expert who provided some, some insight into that, Jesse Errett from Simplify, they do accounting services for property managers. He said, even though many property management systems offer built-in accounting functionality, these solutions are ultimately limited by a fundamental lack of professional accounting expertise and operators end up doing the bulk of their financials manually. My gut feeling tells me that it's the second option that you mentioned. It's like, yeah, larger operators are more likely to use a PMS. The same reason why there's kangaroos and cacti in Australia, 
It's not because of the cacti that the kangaroos are there. I don't know. This is ridiculousness, but don't worry about it. One question that I have for you is the TV remote control. (laughs) When you said that, I was thinking like, why don't we have... Why don't we have a remote control that's, re- you know how like a tooth electric toothbrush, you just put it in the in the holder and it, it charges itself and you never have to change the batteries. Why aren't there remotes like that? I think you're onto something, Jasper. Yeah. Let's do it. All right. Somebody who's listening to this podcast right now, stop your certain <laughs> rental business, find somebody else, take care of that, go to China <laughs> and, and like develop this this remote control that doesn't need batteries. And that works with all your TVs. See <laughs> thing. Yeah, that's anyway, just going off a tangent here, but um now I forgot what we we're talking about. I'm so excited about this remote control idea. <laughs> Can we talk about distribution for a minute? There's some interesting stuff on distribution. Let's do it. All right. So we ask people where they get their reservations from. And you know, not surprisingly, Airbnb is the, the largest answer and over half of reservations are coming from Airbnb. Uh, What's most interesting though, is there's a, talking about causation and correlation here, there's a sort of reverse correlation between Airbnb and direct bookings. And it's Airbnb specifically. So I'll share this thought on the data. So single property hosts and, and property managers with two to five properties, they, over half their reservations are coming from Airbnb and only 18% are direct reservations. On the flip side, those large property managers with over 100 properties, they have double the amount of direct reservations. They have 36% and less than a quarter are coming from Airbnb. So as you grow, you are expanding your distribution channels and doubling down on direct and getting that repeat business. Mm -hmm. What's interesting, though, is it's directly related to Airbnb and direct. When we look at Verbo, that was across the board the same. Around 20% of reservations are coming from Verbo, whether you have one property, 10 properties, 100 properties. So everyone, everyone's happy with Verbo and it's pretty consistent. That's interesting. So as you grow, the percentages of Airbnb bookings goes down, Verbo stays the same and direct goes up. Yeah. So does that mean that people who book on Verbo just don't want to book direct? They're more like loyal to the brand? I'm not sure. Does it mean that? Does it mean that property managers of any size are are always on Verbo and getting like the same same amount, but maybe larger property managers, maybe they don't even, some of them don't list on Airbnb, but they're still happy to list on Verbo, no matter what size you are. Could be a few reasons. Hmm. That's interesting. Very interesting. We'll have to dig deeper and send those people some follow-up questions to understand that. Yeah, but in general, too, the larger property managers, they have about four and a half to five booking sources and individual hosts and smaller property managers have around two on mm-hmm. average. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, what we see we see in our student communities is usually the, the students that go through our programs, especially Legends X, like if they have like two or three, they usually don't have a direct booking website yet, right? Versus like, the people that come in with 10, 15, 20 of the things, they typically do have one. I think that makes sense. And this year, there was something else that was interesting. We always ask people, like, what else do you list on other than, you know, the big sites like Airbnb, Verbal, Booking, TripAdvisor, Marriott, Home2Go. So, like, what other sites do you 
rent on or do you advertise on? And there's 33 different answers. And there's a couple that are interesting there, even though they only account for 4%, there's like a trend that's going on. So one I noticed this year is Google, not just like Google SEO, but like Google vacation rentals and people listing on Google. So that's going to open up as more and more, you know, PMS providers open that option to operators. We're probably going to see that number go up because it's an easy way to get your listing on the world's most popular search engine. And a couple of other interesting things I noticed in the other category were people that were going for longer term stays. So things like furnished finders, travel nurse housing, and like all these corporate housing OTAs or listing sites. So there's like kind of like that trend from the pandemic to like attract like those longer term stays. It seems like we're probably going to, that's going to stick around for a while. Good way to do yeah, I feel like before the pandemic, no one's ever heard of furnished finders and it became a big, sort of a big topic, right? With all the travel yeah. nurses. Yeah. We kind of covered the things that I, my top takeaways from the, from the report. What are some other things that you guys have noticed or want to, you think is interesting to, to chat about? The most valuable software, we talked about that a little bit, but that's a specific question that we ask. What is your favorite software? And I'm happy to report, being the founder of a property management software, that property management software is the number one answer. So that's, that's kind, of, kind of obvious. But there are lots of other responses as well. So one of the biggest jumps, and I kind of mentioned this earlier, was pricing. So most, most popular software last year, 8% said it was their dynamic pricing tool, and it doubled this year, 16%. So that goes along with what we said about how people grew their portfolio and now they're looking to optimize that so they're kind of doubling down on the revenue management and pricing and occupancy mm. and focusing there so i think we'll still see big increases with that for software on the flip side for property management software while that is the most popular people also have lots of complaints about their property management software and you can't please all the people all the time and you know we ask them what features are missing and there's a real long tail of answers from a mobile app to accounting to an open API to guest vetting or owner portal, distribution, team task coordination. It goes on and on. And that, that really goes to show you just how, how varied operations are for property managers and how there's so many options out there. And what's good for one property manager might not work for another property manager. Yeah, this year, we also looked at people's tech stacks. So in previous years, we never really like dug into that, but this year we kind of listed it all. So you can look at your property count and see how you compare it to your peers. So if you've got like 10 properties, you know, the most popular tech stack will be, this is just an example, like a PMS pricing software, accounting module or integration cleaning and a payment solution. And, you know, you can kind of compare like what range of software solutions you're looking at. But again, like David said, the most common tool in all the tech stacks will, will be the PMS uh, mm -hmm. for all the operators out there. I think when I think of PMS, like an expression comes to mind, can't live with, can't live without. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. Awesome. Yeah. So accounting seems to be something that's popping up a bit more than before, right? Mm -hmm. You mentioned simplify 
I think there's, I, I'm seeing more like companies dig into that, you know, like there's B&B Telly. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that. There's definitely a lot more accounting softwares coming into the marketplace to support house. Is that because like there's more larger property managers these days that have that, like if you have one or two properties, you probably don't need accounting software. But if you have like 10 or 15, 20, then, then you do. Uh, yeah, it could be a couple of reasons. So I think historically, a lot of the kind of older legacy property management softwares were all in one and they had an accounting module to varying degrees of, of success. As the quote I read earlier was, a lot of them aren't necessarily the best, They're, they have something. And now you're seeing all these property management softwares that are not all in one, that are kind of like pick the best and in, in, in breed and, and integrate. So it's it's a lot of hard work to have a really good accounting module. And now you're starting to see property management softwares that I think make it easy to export that data so that you can then do what you want with it. And you're starting to see companies like Simplify or Extent Team is another company that's like building Zapier integrations and other API integrations into, into property management softwares to then put it into QuickBooks or Xero or Sage Intact or whatever your accounting software is. So as, as other property management softwares get popular that don't necessarily have an accounting module, you're seeing other solutions out there. And, and that kind of, I think there's a bigger point too, kind of to, as a way of maybe wrapping things up that we see every year that property managers Again, we ask those questions, what's a pain point? And we also ask, what's gotten easier? And oftentimes you'll see the same topic in both, whether it's marketing or pricing or cleaning and turnover management or accounting. And really what that goes to show is, is how property managers are entrepreneurial. And one year, it's a pain point for them. And then they go out and do the research and they find a solution for them and they find a niche software provider that focuses on that area specifically. And when they fill out the survey the next year, they say, guess what? It's gotten easier now. I figured it out. So I think that's pretty cool about the industry and just how go-getter and entrepreneurial everyone is. Yeah, that's cool. So we're problem solvers. Every year, every year we see, well, it's the third year now we see a trend of, like David said, something showing up next year, it got easier. It's really nice to see. My favorite answer though, to the question, what is the most valuable software you use today and why? One person said, my gut, I can always trust it. <laughs> awesome. Do we have a name? Can we do a shout out or? No, I don't have that handy. We'll put it in That's the show notes. <laughs> and, and surprisingly, he didn't, he didn't mention technology being a challenge in his answers. So <laughs> no trusted gut works 100% of the time, which awesome. is good. Awesome. I love that. All right, guys. Well, this is super interesting. Can you let the audience know where, where they can find the report so they can get the whole picture? So the easiest one to remember is hostfully.com. We have a link to all of our reports. If you want to look at the last year's report, as well as some other kind of market study white papers that we put out there, there's a lot we put out. If you can remember hostfully.com slash 2022 report, that will take you right to this report. Awesome. So hostfully.com slash 2022 report is, and the reports is free, right? Everybody can download it. Absolutely. Awesome. Awesome. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for joining us here today. Happy holidays. Let's 
finish this year with a boom. And I can't believe we're going into 2023. It's, this year went by so fast. It's crazy. It sure did. And I'm so excited for 2023 because that's the year I'm going to get to see you again in person when you come to the US. I can't wait. That's right. That's right. That's the plan. I'll be there in a couple months, hopefully. <laughs> All right. Thanks for having us, Jasper. Awesome. Thanks, David. Thanks, Fred. And thanks, thanks to the listeners. Of course, I hope you enjoyed this podcast, one of the very last of 2022. We have a few more podcasts to go. So thanks for listening. Have a great week and happy holidays and see you next time. Thank you so much for listening to Get Paid for Your Pad, the number one podcast for Airbnb hosts and short-term rental professionals. We really hope you enjoyed the show. And if you want to learn more about hosting on Airbnb and building a short-term rental business, then go ahead and subscribe to our daily email newsletter at getpaidforyourpad.com. And if you're just starting out on Airbnb, make sure to download our free Airbnb starter guide at getpaidforyourpad.com forward slash get started. If you enjoy this podcast, make sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts for a chance to win lifetime access to the Short-Term Rental Profit Academy, our starter course for anybody who wants to start an Airbnb business. Every month we select one random reviewer and give that person access to the course. Um, so if you want to have a chance to win access to the course, uh, please leave us a review and then uh, you might uh, join our program pretty soon. So thank you for listening. Check back every Monday for a new episode of The Host Show and every Friday for an episode of SDR Conversations of the Get Paid for Your Pad podcast. Get paid for your pet, get 